Today I'm sitting down with Mike Catron, host of the Watching the Boxers Fantasy Basketball Podcast, continuing our interview analyst series. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. FBI Basketball is the website. Uh, FBIBasketball.com is the website. Uh, head over there. My player ranks are already up. Um, I'm not sure why, but they're up. Um, we've got all the Dynasty stuff rolling with Matt Lawson. And by the time this releases, probably about two weeks, we should have started our draft-only leagues for next season uh, for anyone that is desperate like me uh, for fantasy content, as I said today, I'm joined by Mike Catron, host of Watching the Boxes. Uh, I've been on his show a few times. I think maybe you've been on my show once or twice. Uh, Mike, how are you, mate? I'm doing good, Adam. Man, it's good. To, it's good to talk to you here in the off season. Uh, apparently, there is no off season. It's already no prepare for next season already. That's right. We're only uh, we're recording this what two two days out from the draft. I think I think is it Thursday this week. Uh, two days US out from time. the draft and uh, two days like after Bradley Beal moves to the Suns. That's right, and then free agency, and then summer league, and as I said, we, we're already starting our redraft yeah. uh, or draft only leagues for next season. So. Um, yeah, not much of an off season. Although, as you said, uh, in Chicago, it is starting to warm up, uh, so people are out and about. Um, and you were telling me about they have block parties for anyone. I mean, I had no idea what they are. Tell people what these block parties are all about. Chicago is the best city in the summer, uh, possibly anywhere, and I, I will stand by that. You should, if you, uh, it's, I know it's winter. Uh, down in Australia, New Zealand, and uh, all of you come visit us in the summer in Chicago. It's the best time to come. Uh, we're right by the lake. It feels like an ocean. Uh, there is a block party in one neighborhood every single weekend from the middle of May to the middle of September. They shut down the street. It's a major street. All the restaurants come out. It's uh, you, know, you drink in the streets, uh, which in America that is weird. And uh, there's bands. Um, concerts and it's just the weather is great and people in chicago because it is so damn cold in the winter um desire nothing more than to be outside during the summer so everybody's in a good mood it's a party uh it's party season and uh chicago never stops drinking yeah look i I think i mean we don't have we don't have block parties here maybe some of the bigger cities do in australia um but we yeah i mean our winters are cold not as cold as as what you guys get over there yeah, even close. Um, but but it does get cold here um i'm just going to have a look at i have to do this sometimes with to have a look at degrees to fahrenheit so i can tell you how cold it gets uh so this morning so this morning where i live uh on the radio they said it was it was minus six feels like minus 10 fahrenheit that's about 14 degrees okay that is cold yeah that is legit cold yeah. uh we had a mild winter and it only got down to that level uh just a few times actually okay um, okay so 
our winters are getting more suspiciously milder and milder. Uh, <laughs> it's not a great sign, but uh, we have no, a lot of fresh it? water here, so I don't know. Yeah, no, look, it, it, so yeah, it does get cold. I mean, this is particularly cold, um, and but I think we've got about three nights of this, so a lot of ice on the roads. Um, we get we don't. It doesn't snow where I live specifically, but it's only about an hour to the snow from from where I live. So we're we're fairly close to the snow fields here. Um, so a lot of traffic coming through where we live. People heading oh, to sense. the snow. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're about an hour from the snow and an hour from the coast. So right in between. So we could head to the snow this weekend if we want to, or we could go to the coast where it's warmer. Um, not warm enough to swim, although my kids would probably jump in the water. Um, I'm not sure that's, why, but that's, that feels yeah, that feels way too cold to be swimming. Uh, it is, ever it is all. for most people, but not kids apparently. Um, kids, they so don't, they don't have a temperature control; they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> no, they don't. No. So, so this the purpose of this. I mean, if anyone who's been listening, we're up to episode 20 now, so we've we've been through a lot of analysts. Um, just finding out a little bit about Mike as a person, what you do, how you got to where you are now in terms of fantasy. So we'll, we'll start out with that um, portion of the show. So you, as I said, you host the uh, Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, which you've been doing for quite a while. I don't know the exact time frame, but um, yeah, it's been a question. I think it might be like seven seasons now, seven or eight years. Okay, so quite a while. Yeah. Um, so in terms of of moving into the fantasy space or the basketball space, how did you get sort of to where you are now? Was it always part of the plan or was it something you fell into at some point? No, I think it's just something that I've been around. Like basketball has just been something I've been around since I was born. Uh, I'm from downstate Illinois. Uh, anybody who listens to the show, obviously I was just talking about it. I live in Chicago. I grew up in the nineties, Michael Jordan. That's, that's all you need to say. Um, so as a five, six white guy, uh, fell in love with the NBA and could never play, uh, was not, uh, you know, terribly good at shooting, but loved everything about what the game was. And, um, you know, for international listeners, it might be weird, but obviously if you follow the NBA, uh, college basketball is huge. Uh, I live, I grew up near the university of Illinois. So when I was young, they had a really good team. And when I was in college, they had that team that went to the national championship and lost against uh, UNC. So I just like been someone who's been a fan of basketball since I was since as long as I can remember. And fantasy basketball really came about as uh, I was in high school. So I had like Jalen Rose on one of my oldest Yahoo teams. He was like actually a starter on my team. Um, and me and my friends, we were all into it. Uh, we played a league every year for whatever. And like, luckily, I went to a college that uh, I became surrounded by a bunch of other guys who really liked fantasy basketball. We started our own league. Uh, basically, the winner, everybody who lost would buy the winner a keg, <laughs> uh, which was a great uh, reason for everybody just to get drunk um, because, you know, it's college. And yep. from that, um, I just was always kind of fascinated with like the uniqueness of fantasy basketball, that there are many different ways to play that, you know, I'm a roto over head to head type of person. Um, and I, I love keeper leagues. 
I, but I don't like dynasty leagues, which is kind of weird. Mm. Um, I kind of like in that uh, in that middle range of being a roto keeper redraft semi redraft league, which uh, auctions, of course. Um, and I I was playing it so much, and I was getting involved so uh, so much. Um, I don't know if you remember ages ago, but um, I went up on I went on Reddit when Reddit was very infantile. Um, you know, somewhere between when everybody left dig and uh, went over to Reddit and there was no fantasy basketball subreddit. So uh, I started one. Uh, I, I, I'm the originator of the fantasy basketball <laughs> subreddit. No joke. All right. So you're, you're the person to blame. I am the person to blame. And being <laughs> a mod on Reddit is like the worst, probably the worst thing you can sign up for. Um, Cause it is a full-time job. Yep. Uh, you get, legitimately no credit for anything other than failing um and people always want you to do what they want you to do and complain about literally everything that happened so there was this cycle of modding that uh that reddit first couple years i just didn't even mod it like it was just a free-for-all and then i brought some people in started copying off of fantasy football got some bots on there and it started like turning kind of cyclical like look everybody would show up brand new and they would be talking about only their teams, and then we'd have to ban everybody and shove everybody into the normal threads. And I got really, really, really sick of that. But what I started doing is writing. Um, and I um, started writing legitimately a, um, a post called Watching the Boxes. Uh, I just thought it was a clever name. And I started out with, like, day one, started writing, hey, this is what I saw in the box scores. Because that's what I do when I look at fantasy basketball when I'm, like, trying to analyze what's going on in the league, where I want to go, who I want to pick up. I just go and look at the box scores just to stay abreast. If I can't, obviously I'm not going to watch all the games. I try to watch as many as possible. Um, and I just started writing. And what came from that is, um, you know, I just, I think I wrote for fantasy pros for a little bit. I wrote for maybe somebody else. It's hard to remember. And then I ended up um, writing over at hashtag basketball.com. Um, and they, we're basically like, yeah, whatever you want to write, whatever you want to do, we want to put a metric out, head-to-head uh, -head scores, pace, times, whatever. So I, they kind of let me experiment, do whatever I want. Um, while I was writing that, this is the, I guess this is the origin story of the podcast. Um, Kyle uh, McCune and, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget his name. Matt Smith? No, not Matt Smith. Mark, I can't believe I'm going to forget this guy's name um I'll, it'll come to me they had a po uh they had a podcast and kyle was leaving to go to basketball monster and i guess he was going to drop off this podcast and uh mark reached out to me and said hey i saw some of your writing you want to be on this podcast and i was like oh uh sure so i had like two beers and just knocked out a podcast <laughs> with um with mark and he was like Hey, you said you never done this before. Do you want to do it? That's pretty good. Do you want to do it again? I was like, yes. And um, I think it was called the Fantasy Basketball Podcast because he was very obsessed with like Google Analytics, so okay. he wanted it to be like <laughs> literally the Fantasy Basketball Podcast. And that's how I ended up meeting Tyler Watts uh, at Tyler P Watts on Twitter. Uh, yes, I say that all the time in, <laughs> on the podcast. It like rolls off my tongue. And we were both co-hosts on this show, like on and off uh, for about a season. And uh, 
Mark basically retired, uh, technically, I guess. And me and I reached out to Tyler and I said, hey, I'm just thinking about doing this podcast. And I did probably like the first like five or six episodes by myself. And then I was like, I need I cannot talk to myself. Mm. I am no Josh Lynn. I cannot talk to myself <laughs> by myself for 35, 45 minutes. I just couldn't do it. I was like, I need someone to bounce stuff off of. And uh, so I reached out to Tyler and he was like, yeah, sure. And we've been doing it for like seven or eight years. Yeah, no, look, it's, I, I get that. Like, it is hard to to talk to yourself. I can, I can do it as one as a one-off or, or like occasionally, but it's so much easier to just sit and, and have a chat with with someone who knows as much as you about about fantasy basketball. And interesting with, with what you said there about how the, the start of the, the watching the boxes kind of brand, um, I, I think anyone that, that does fantasy or, or is into fantasy to the level that we are, you need to be really good at analysing data and box scores and looking for trends and all of that sort of stuff because you physically, it's impossible to watch every game with the the amount that's played. So that's certainly something that I do is I I tend to just follow the box scores. I can't be watching the games because often, I mean, they're on here during the day. So they start at nine in the morning, 10 in the morning. I'm at work. So yeah, it's bo- I always wonder what that stores. would be like to have basketball on that early. Yeah, look, it's, uh, well, I mean, for us, it's normal. So yeah. that's, that's like a luxury. we're used to. Like, I, I wonder what it would be like for it to be on sort of every afternoon like when I get home. And, yeah. Um, I just, I mean, it would depend where I lived, I suppose. You're, you're sort of central. But if you lived, say, on the East Coast, um, in New York or Philly or something, those West Coast games wouldn't be starting till, what, 10 at night? Yeah, it's something like 10.30. Like 10.30. I mean, it's so, even late here. 9.30, the game's over at midnight-ish. Yeah, so so that's um, sort of yeah. 12. Like you're, you're getting ready to to head off to bed at midnight or, or one, 1 in the morning, um, which, I mean, for me, is I'm a late person. I'm a night person, so I, I'm usually not in bed till close to midnight anyway. But I do think that for us here in Australia, it makes reporting and writing a little easier because we can do it at we can have our dinner 7:30 at night we can sit down and we can wrap up all the games because we yes they're all done like it's all done and then you're just like around yeah that's right not not sort of doing a lot so writing blurbs writing recaps doing shows we can do them at a at a nice time whereas if in America if you want to do a show immediately following the games it's one in the morning which is not a great time to be recording a live show. No, I, think, so. I I used to try to do that like really early in the podcast. It was like we're literally gonna go and what read all the box scores after yeah. the night's over. Yeah. And then it was like we're gonna read the box scores halfway through the West Coast games. How about that? And then yeah. it was like, how about we just do it like the next day? And then we it kind of evolved into being like, maybe we don't need to read the box scores every single day, like in February. <laughs> like that doesn't you're not getting a lot of value out of that. Yeah. And I often think that's a really good benefit for Josh here being here in Australia, the same as me, same time zone. He can he can be basically the first person in the fantasy basketball world to get that game recap out because he's doing it at five o'clock in the afternoon, um, not, yeah. not one o'clock in the morning. So, and you know that that side of the podcast market 
he's fantastic at it. I think yeah. uh, we tried to, uh, me and Tyler over at Watch the Boxes tried to uh, do it from a kind of a wider perspective. Not that Josh doesn't, but uh, we kind of try to look at uh, longer term trends. Mm. Uh, and I think our best content is always preseason. Like we really do um, try to uh, use um, kind of our re- revert to the mean method of fantasy a- analysts um, analysis that um, that I think sometimes uh, people get very excited on Reddit, Twitter, NBA Twitter, of course, NBA fantasy Twitter um, about the, n- the next hottest thing. And I know t- for a fact, Tyler's, just really, really, really good at those preseason like trends, predictions, statistics, yeah. um, and then I just kind of come in and bumble around and uh, make jokes at Tyler's expense. That's that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> and look, pre I mean preseason is getting more important, but get, and getting longer. The preseason like has started. We're already we're already yeah. talking about next season. It's um, crazy. As I said, my ranks are out. They're they're going to change. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of things are going to happen in the next few. Well, next month, two months. Um, so for so for you, it's been a mixture thus far with with analysts. But fantasy basketball is it a full time thing for you? Is there a day job, something that you do that gets in the way of fantasy oh, basketball? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, yeah. No my my day job is that I uh, I'm an enterprise architect. Um, you know, I work in IT for a bank, and it's. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> it's not bad. Pays the bills, but uh, yeah. it's certainly nothing I'm terribly passionate about. But um, you know, it is. It, it affords me the ability to enjoy and spend time working uh, on fantasy basketball. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to was at Mark Fred Bob Mark Roberts. I, I, I would have killed myself if I would have ended up forgetting Mark Roberts, one of the greatest rankers of uh, predictions of stats for the next season I've ever seen in the, in the, in the eight years I've been doing it. And so for the, the bank job, <laughs> let's call it the yeah. bank job, uh, is that like something that was always like, did you, you, you said you've already said you went to college. Um, yeah. what, is this, is that what you were working towards or was that a, a change of career? Um, no, I've, I've always kind of, I, I went to school for computer science. So okay. I, um, definitely focused on, um, kind of more data centric things and which I think easily leads into, uh, thinking that fantasy sports are incredibly <laughs> fun to do. Um, and I just kind of ended up, uh, going to grad school and in picking up a, uh, a job at an insurance company and then a bank. And it's just kind of like, I have a career. It seems to be, people seem to continue want to, uh, to keep me employed. They don't, uh, they haven't gotten rid of me yet. So like, yep. I'm always like, all right, cool. I'll just keep doing this until they tell me I sh- uh, should leave. Yeah. Right. Well, and as you said, it pays the bills and it lets you keep doing fantasy basketball. So that's, Absolutely. uh, uh, and, and so we spoke before we, we jumped on, um, spoke about YouTube and potentially spending too much time on YouTube and, oh, and yes. online shopping. So uh, outside of, of fantasy basketball, um, personally for me, it's it's movies. I love movies. I love TV shows. Um, and I love just socializing and hanging out with friends. What are the sort of things that you like to do when you're not either at the bank, doing the bank job, or doing fantasy basketball? 
I'm at the I'm at the bank doing the at the, the least amount of time possible. Um, I have uh, I have a, like a ton of things that I'm interested in. I I like to think that I uh, I like to know a little bit about everything, but I don't know a lot about anything. And um, what I my biggest thing that I do right now is that I um, am in a monthly sketch show here in Chicago. Uh, it's called the Not That Late Show. And okay. a buddy of mine, uh, shout out Justin if he's listening. The uh, started this about three or four years ago. Well, yeah, about four years ago because we took a hiatus during uh, COVID. Um, we're coming up on our kind of three year anniversary of doing this show in Chicago. It is a late night show. It, it, there's a host, there's a monologue, there's a guest. Uh, recently, we had the uh, the candidate for Chicago mayor who won and is the mayor of Chicago right now, Brandon Johnson, oh, uh, was okay. on the show. So that was a, a really cool get. Um, and um, there's like a, a band and we do sketches in the middle and I uh, write sketches, I edit video and I do the tech for the show. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's like a really great way to like have a creative outlet um which you know my day job is not terribly creative <laughs> yeah. uh and so uh it's called it's at ntl show if anybody wants to uh, okay. uh number one check us out on instagram but two if you're in the chicagoland area uh come check us out and and so is that uh i mean that's obviously a bit of a, a hobby uh yeah sort of well a hobby but but is there is that I mean, it sounds to me like when I hear you talk about that sort of thing, it, it sounds, I, I automatically think, oh, something like Saturday Night Live, but a much smaller version, maybe. Yeah, it's um, a live show, yeah. 100%. It's in front of a theater, it's in front of people. Occasionally okay. they make me get on stage, which is always, uh, it's nerve wracking, but it's like, it's really, really um, like fun. There's like a dopamine rush to having other people in person laugh at something you've done like enjoy something you've done and i think that keeps me me coming back um i uh yeah it's it's certainly just a uh it's a it's a once a month show and it's something we kind of all do for the the love of the game um we stay afloat like we get enough money to keep renting the theater to keep doing yeah. it so that's cool um a lot of shows in chicago don't end up that even that well so uh we, we will take it and um yeah, I don't know. It's it that is probably the thing. It it does take up time. Like it's it's. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a full time job because it's not. But like it's a part time job. And so is that. Um, is that something that I guess projecting forward five years, ten years, a space that you would see yourself working in professionally, like doing that, leaving the bank job and, and doing something like that somewhere. I mean, yeah, ideally, um, I, 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 that would be great. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I think that's uh, easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the creative thing, doing something creative, um, doing video, video editing, which I actually really enjoy doing, um, and then like creating like stories, creating humor, creating something um, that other people enjoy is much more interesting to me than what I do. And ideally, that if that got bigger, I would happily leave my day job. Yeah. Um, though I did see that the Chicago Bulls just put out an opening for a, da a data analytics director, and get, um, get that application in. I might be putting my application in. Actually, I well, don't know if they well, if they look through my tweets and then search Reinsdorf. I might not get the job. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think you'd be the only one with those tweets. So probably not. I, I think you'd be safe. But hey, look, they can only say no. 
That's true. That's uh, it. Worth asking. Um, so, uh, again, this is I get mixed responses from this. Is travelling something that that you like to do um, when you have some free time? And if so, yes. any favourite places or, or locations that you are aspiring to be able to visit at some point? Um, I mean, yes, absolutely. I travel. I think I've traveled a lot. Like uh, I'm from like a very small country, like a town of like 6,000 people, cornfield town. And one of the things uh, people always, when I go back home or visit relatives or whatever, like, oh, you're always traveling. You're always traveling. How do you afford that? How do you do all this stuff? It's like, I don't have like hardly any other hobbies that cost like money. Like I don't build hmm. uh, work on a truck or like, I don't like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, redo my house every three years. What I do, what I spend my money on is is really traveling and eating. And I kind of travel to eat. Um, yeah. I've been a, I guess I've been a whole bunch of places. I check, uh, like I, I got the travel bug in uh, college. I, uh, I'd never been anywhere. Like I'd never been, I've only been to like two, three states. And then at 19, I took a month long semester in, uh, in China. And it kind of like broke my brain to see how big the world was. Yeah. And then I had this like great desire to travel all the time. So um, I um, in the States, I, I, I really try to travel for um, either just like the national parks, just get out hiking uh, or beer. Uh, I travel to go to breweries. Yeah. Uh, I was just in Portland, Maine a few weeks ago at Allagash a fantastic beer. But uh, if I have a I mean, if I have places that I've loved the, the where I've been, um, I mean, there's so many, but. I really, I desire to go to new, uh, like Australia, New Zealand again. I really like, I really had a great time yeah. uh, when I was there and I was much younger and I had way less money. And uh, I pretty sure I pinched a nerve that lasted for like two weeks after the trip because I was sleeping in the back of a van. Yeah. Um, and so I like prefer to like, maybe like spend a little extra money and have a nicer <laughs> camper van. Um, and I really, I mean, this is going to sound bougie, but. I love the South of France. <laughs> it does, I'm, but you're okay to say that. Yeah, it's. I've, I like to say that I'm I'm like a high low person. I love Taco Bell and I love foie gras. Like those are things I love. Like yeah, I love yeah. The, the French Riviera and I like uh, you know the, the Bama Shores. Okay. So yeah, well, no, look, it's you're quite worldly compared to some people that I've spoken with, and and you've given me an opportunity for a really good segue because now we're going to talk okay. about Victor Wembanyama. So Aha. very well done. Thanks for that. Uh, so we, we're very close. As I said, to this is being recorded just before the draft. We're all fairly certain we know that he's going to San Antonio. Um, from a fantasy perspective, looking ahead to next season, as I said, I've done my ranks, so I I know where I have him. But where it is very early, but where would you have him in your ranks for next season? And I guess two parts: where where would you, where would you be hoping to get him in a draft? But then the second part is where do you actually think he will be going in drafts? That's the that's the real question, right? Yeah, and that's uh, when we do our preseason stuff. That is literally like the the conversation we have for every single player. It's like yeah. where should this guy be going? And where's the consensus that where he's yeah. where he's going to go from the the rest of the world? And chances are, like, you know, we've we've always said like the hype around Zion's too high. Even if Zion stayed healthy, 
you're getting him at a, like you're paying the second round price for a guy who has flaws in his fantasy mm. period. Yep. Um, Victor's flaw. Does he have any flaws in his fantasy game? Question mark. I have no idea. I don't think so. Um, I have not done my rankings yet, but like blocks alone, when you're a rookie who, who can block shots, that usually bodes well. Um, yeah. And so he really, really wouldn't have to do a whole lot else other than get those two and a half blocks a game, which I think he could do um, to be in that like top 40, like top 30, mm-hmm. right? Like um, he's in the perfect situation. He, I, you know, if you want to talk about conspiracy theories, there's only one team that like the NBA wanted him to go to. And it was certainly <laughs> yeah. one of the best franchises in one of the best run operations, all the rest of the franchises that were in contention. It's like, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, we've seen you not do it over and over and over. So it makes perfect sense in Spurs. It makes perfect sense that they'll build around him immediately. Yep. So I don't know why he wouldn't get plenty of opportunity there. Um, I'm stalling. Cause I'm trying to think of, <laughs> I would take him. I might take him in my top 25, definitely my top 30. Yeah, so I think I have him. I just updated my ranks following the Chris Paul, the whole um, Chris Paul, Bradley Beal thing. Um, And I think, and I had a look, and I think I've got Wembenyama at about 30, 31, something like that. That Um, seems fair. I feel like I try not to get really hyped about rookies because, like, that's the biggest mistake ever. Um, And I don't feel like I'm... I don't think 30s hype. I think it's like, mm. you know, worst case scenario, he's like a top 50 guy. Yeah. Um, barring he's healthy, right? Um, and then the best case scenario is I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially long term, if you're in a keeper league, dynasty league. Um, unfortunately, everyone loves a hot rookie, and all it's going to take is one summer league game against the against people who are never going to be playing in the league, where yeah. he has like. 35 10 five blocks five assists everybody he's gonna go in the second round maybe i i hope nobody takes him in the first round but he feels like he's gonna be a second round player right now yeah i'd probably agree i could see someone taking him at right at the back end of the first round um yes but yeah look i think his adp is gonna be i don't know teen, mid-teens 15 something that's way 15, too high. 16 which is which is too hot. Look, I mean, maybe he he is that good, but I think thirty around thirty is, as you said, fairly safe because minimum I think he's top fifty, um, and and I think a really good, not a direct comparison, but if you have a look at what Walker Kessler was able to do at the back yeah. end of this season, purely on field goal percentage, blocks, um, rebounds, he was a top fifty guy down the stretch and. Yeah. And Wembenyama can hit threes as well. Yeah, now um, add shooting. Now add threes. Yeah, so so obviously the field goal percentage might not be quite as good, but free throws are better. He'll hit threes. He'll he could in theory get more blocks. Um, so yeah, so I I like him around that range. Um, yeah, I'd be happy with like getting him in the third round, right? I'd be like if he's around like the third round, and I'm sitting there like, mm. well, he's not going to be around in the fourth round. Um, and maybe his maybe his like bell curve of quality is fourth round, but like that's one of the few players I think you gotta like that bell curve so wide, you kind of you definitely yeah. gotta take him in the third round at this point. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I think come come the third start of the third round, he'll be gone in every league. I, I almost think. certainly. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, we've done some dynasty mocks already, and and he's in dynasty. He's going at pick two and pick three. Um, Jokic yeah. is still number one. That seems, but that seems high. It's it's high. Uh, he's going sort of around where Luca is going. Um, Luca's already and, and doing it. You know, what I mean, like, that's the one it, thing yeah. I want to caution everybody about. Right? Yeah, is like the hype is going to be so high on this dude. Yeah. And I think you could probably list 25 dudes who you would 100 I think anybody could sit around and go, these are 25 dudes I 100% want over Victor, period, for just one year. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah, I, I think. But as we know, like people, the hype is going to be huge. And Summer League is going to be interesting because I don't, I don't know how much you'll play in Summer League. Yeah, um, I don't know either. It's... He's a little bit, well, somewhat unique in that he's only just finished his season in Europe, whereas a lot of these college guys have been done for two months now. So he's the Spurs are almost going to want to rest him, I think, a little bit. Yeah. So. I, I, that might be the one thing I wonder, right? That might be the one thing is like there is absolutely no reason to rush him. There is absolutely no reason to give him 34 minutes a game. There is absolutely no reason not to sit him if he tweaks anything ever at all. Um, the Spurs are playing, and they know how. They're smart. They're playing a long-term game. They're going to continue to play a long-term game. And that might be the only red flag that I, I, I'd like to raise right now, just put my put my stake in it, is that this he's going to be great, but this year might he might be just good but even if he's just good it's still a top 50 player mm. it is but as you said there, there's a chance he only plays 50 games yeah. um because the average now is mid 60s 66 68 that's sort of yeah. what you're, you're looking at from from an average player um and we saw what the spurs did down the stretch last season devin vassell was resting every second game um kelvin johnson was resting so who's to say they're not I don't think they're of the opinion, unless they make some trades, they're not going to be of the opinion of, hey, we're a contender now and we want to play and we want to push hard. It's going to be, no, look, we've got this guy, we're going to build, but maybe we can get another top five pick next season. It's, I don't know. It's, Why it's, not? It's going to be very interesting anyway, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and people, you know, you know your leagues better than we do. Um, like hype is hype. And that means that is price. And if you get Victor and you can move him uh, because everyone's so hyped about him, then he kind of was worth that price, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it might be if you do draft him, say you draft him at pick, I don't know, pick 20, and he just he comes out of the gates and he's red hot first round guy for the first two weeks. I would see if and it's a redraft league, I would seriously consider trading him away to get a, a top 15 player back because it could be that. The last month of the season, he's not playing as him. much. Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of strategy going to be there. Um, so that will do it um, for the show. Before I I let you jump off and uh, and go and do whatever you need to do, uh, tell people what you've got going on. Is it's obviously sort of an off season, but what's what's coming up over the next couple of months in the lead up to the season? 
Yeah. Um, Watching the Boxes is going to be, um, I hope, um, we are going to be doing a live Twitch stream uh, for the draft, which I guess mm-hmm. is in a couple days. I just got to get Tyler on there. Um, and if, you know, if you want to come on, Adam, uh, feel free. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, everybody's going to be doing something for the draft. So, like, I, I, I kind of wanted just to hang out on Twitch casually and have people come on um at twitch.tv slash watching the boxes we're gonna try to use twitch a little bit more um i i like it Uh, i think it's like that back and forth interaction is really good um but we usually spin up the podcast um in august when we start doing team previews um start doing mock drafts and really getting kind of into the the nitty-gritty of analyzing what we think is going to happen in the upcoming season but uh, don't put us put it past us on a crazy free agency. I think it's gonna be a crazy free agency this year. Um, I hope so. Every team's uh, every team's going for a championship in the West, so that's interesting yeah. uh, by itself. And um, for some reason, the Bulls are still not tanking, so I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're waiting for. No, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're just gonna be putting out um, all of our season previews at watch the box or watching the boxes on wherever you download podcasts. Yeah. And so you, yeah, you can follow Mike uh, at it's at watch the boxes. I think it's at watch the boxes. And of course, Tyler, Tyler P Watts. Indeed. So that, as I said, that will do it. Uh, You can head over to fbibasketball.com to check out all of our content, player ranks, dynasty and our leagues, which by the time this releases will have started. Uh, You can follow this podcast on Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up if you are watching on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would be fantastic. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.